my god. Too many cooks. How you guys doing? This is uh, Albacrazy, another edition. I'm Ann. I'm Tito. Uh, how have you been, Tito? Well, I've been doing pretty good since we last uh, recorded, since we last talked. Although yesterday was not really great. I got home from work and I'd previously bought a can of Four Loco at Smith's because I'd heard about it, but I never tried Four Loco. Oh, no. It's like a real, like, gas station kind of alcoholic lemony beverage. Uh, it was lemon flavored. I got home from work and then I drank the whole can alone and I, pat- and I <laughs> fell asleep and I woke up groggy. And so I went to take a bath and I just sat in the bathtub for about an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> oh, not no. feeling great. Oh, so uh, and then I was like, "That's that's enough of that. Let's let's be productive it's again." A bummer of a summer, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was yesterday. Today I'm doing great. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, uh, codependently just clinging to my dog. She just got her teeth cleaned, and I'm acting like she just got major surgery to her spine or something. I'm ridiculous. You know, her uh, anesthesia's taken like a day to wear off, and I'm sitting there watching her every move and making sure that she doesn't, like, you know, fall off a couch or something. Cause it must she's have bl- been, like, really nice for a day, though, to have the dogs not bark. No, no, it, it it wasn't a nice day. I missed it. I, if I could have, I would have been like sedated right next to her getting my teeth cleaned. <laughs> it would have been like a spa day for both of us. <laughs> like a horrific like spa day where, where we both get our teeth cleaned and maybe even have the uh, vet tell us who had worse teeth. I bet it would be me. I bet. Well, now I know something more. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. That's that's clearly been our weeks. Yeah. Um, well, for me, uh, day, but today... Just a few days into Donald Trump's America. So, <laughs> I mean, the horror's just starting. You know, the fact that I could even think of my dog in a time like this tells you about my privilege. Well, uh yeah, it does. Your dogs uh, are really pampered. You pamper them well. They have a different suit for like every hour of the day. What can I say? They like to be styling. Nice little fedoras. Yeah. yeah. They outdo Kevin Federline. <laughs> I make sure that they're in season two. Oh, man. I haven't heard the name Kevin Federline in so long. K-Fed. K-Fed. Kay fed himself until he got fat and went on that celebrity diet again. Kay fed himself without brushing his teeth and then he had to go to a veterinarian tooth cleaning clinic. I guess. Well, uh, let's get to our guest. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a wonderful guest today. Um, his name is Will Wheeler. Hi, Will. Hey, what's going on, Ann? Uh... You are a uh, Albuquerque native? I am, born and raised in Albuquerque. Absolutely, that's awesome. Uh, what was your experience like growing up in Albuquerque? 
Well, I uh, lived on the west side for pretty much my whole life, and uh, it got to a point where I was bouncing back between homes between my mom and my dad. My dad lived in Bosque Farms. My uh, and the rest of my family lived here in Albuquerque. So, uh, you know, and I lived on the west side. So, it was, you know, saw a bunch of crazy stuff living in Albuquerque. So, what, I, what 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 was like a crazy thing you saw when you were a kid growing up on the west side? Uh. Just a lot of homeless people, and I remember seeing on the news when, uh, remember when they used to have that show Extreme Makeover House Edition? Yeah. yeah. They had uh, an episode here in Albuquerque, and I remember seeing on the news that a bunch of people just went and ransacked all the vans and the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't even wait till like, they didn't ransack the house after it was done. Just they ransacked the crew. The crew and everything that the crew brought. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. The, did they take the wheels off the trucks and everything? And probably graffiti on, on the side of it too, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask like, if you could describe the west side for me because I've lived here for several years, but I still don't really have a firm grasp of like the west side and this side and whatever. Uh, but I feel like you've already really painted a good picture. So I'll rescind my question. Well, well, I, I, well, I think I, the West Side, doesn't it have different aspects to it? Because there's, I think there's a nicer West Side. And then I think there's a, there's a, like a, I think of it as, you know, some people think of it as a bad area, but I think of it as more of like a farming area. Yeah, it's kind of like, if you go, like there's the West Side, and then what I consider like the further West Side, which is the nice area. Yeah. I mean, you could just go to the regular West Side, that's like where it's kind of like, run run down so to speak and if you go to like the south valley part that's more like what you were saying a rural area where there's like people actually have cattle and farm animals and stuff and then like and like like part of the town of the west side where i live in it's kind of like little mexico so to speak because there's like tire shop there's like five tire shops 10 barber shops uh um i know one building across the street from where i live is literally a tire shop and a popsicle store in the same building great that's excellent how how much wood paneling would you say is in the west side uh you know that commercial where they ask how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop and the world may never know yes i think that's some similar to that all right the world may never know they I, I when I was here, I think the craziest thing, but I saw it on the east side. It was a building that actually had a church and a liquor store <laughs> in it, like both in one building. Wow. And I said, "How is this even possible?" So that's that that story of the the west side. But like, mm-hmm. there's something about where you're talking about, like Little Mexico, that's absolutely uh, a great place. I've I've had friends who live there. And I used to rehearse, uh, go to dance rehearsal in in those areas. And I would love spending days there because it was just, you know, pretty quiet, pretty, it was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's something to be said about it. It's not just all run down craziness, but there is that alba craziness about <laughs> things always, you know, I mean... It could be real nice one minute, and the next thing you know, a dog fight breaks out. You know, you never know. Yeah. Or you might see someone without their head on be- behind a Walmart. <laughs> well, that's a nice segue into why we brought you on. Uh, so uh, you have a pretty interesting job. I do. It's uh, very uh, unique, you could say. 
Tell me about it. Tell me. About All right. It. Well, I work at a funeral home, and I'm on the transport staff, which means I, uh, I work both days and nights. I work every day, uh, at nights on call, and during the day, I uh, on the day shift, I'm actually at the funeral home doing whatever they need me to do from staying at the funeral home. But uh, basically, I do transfers. I'll go pick people up from hospitals, nursing homes, OMI, and residential homes after they pass away. And then I'll do transfers from the care center to another funeral home or from the care center to uh, for them to get cremated and so on and so forth. Do you ever get tipped? No. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't hit my house with the gurney. That That's the only tips that I get. <laughs> Lift with your legs, not your back. <laughs> that's a that's a good tip. That is a I good guess. tip. Mm. Yes. Uh, so, I'm curious, like what what got you into this job? Because it's pretty unusual. Well, you see, ultimately, I want to be a mortician, and I thought about getting into this line of work before I even joined the Navy. And but I was like, eh, I'm going to put that on the shelf for the time being. No pun intended. And then I went into the Navy, and then the last year I was in the Navy, I figured, yeah, this is what I want to do because I was thinking, what kind of a job? It's going to have a lot of work, or at least a steady amount of work, and it's going to be around for a long time. Well, I'm thinking I could be a doctor, a lawyer, be a barber. People die every day. I can look into that. And then, sure enough, uh, and it's just like after I got out of the Navy, it just like all the cards just fell like perfectly in line, and here I am. Oh, wow. And so you applied for this job with this. Uh, what, what, what was that interview like? It, uh... It was very it was like any other interview that you, you would, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like for any job, they, you know, ask for your name, your prior work experience. Uh, do you have any experience with this? And, you know, and, you know, you got to get your what I like to call your best white person voice on. So like, <laughs> so like, uh, I think one of my best lines was uh, they asked, asked you, well, how do you have any experience like dealing with families or talking to people? And I'll like I said. Well, I don't have any experience in that particular area, but however, however, I am uh, open to strengthening my weaknesses. <laughs> wow. Yes. A bunch of buzzwords in there. Yeah, Which that's... is another way of saying I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know how to talk to people, but I can lift. I, I can lift, bro. I, I can listen to other people talk and say the exact same thing they can say. So yeah. you you mentioned uh, you, a weird uh, part of this uh, interview, interview that you had. I immediately said, "Will shut up, save it for the podcast." So now's the time to say it. Well, I don't I don't remember to be what? honest. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said they that. locked you in. Oh yeah, at, at when at <laughs> the hiring that? part. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was like oh yeah. I went and got a drink of water, got locked inside the building. Yeah, went back to work. You know, no, no, but yeah. So, like, the day I went in for the interview, like, we met at, like, 4 o'clock or something, because I was working another job at the time, and we met at, like, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock after I got out of work, and um, the interview itself took, like, 20 minutes, something like that, and uh, the person interviewing me said, all right, well, I'm very impressed with what I see, Um, just when you're done filling out the application, turn it into the front uh, desk, and then we'll go from there. I'm like, all right. So... Filled out the application, took me about 15, 20 minutes, and um, walked around to the front desk. The lights were off. Then I looked around <laughs> the front, at the front door. The dead bull was across. And I was like, I think I'm by myself right now. 
And lo and behold, the only light in the whole building was in the room that I was in for whatever reason. And um, I walked around saying, hello, hello. The dead <laughs> silence was killing me. <laughs> and then I, uh, I, I called the, the lady I had an interview with and she said, the first thing she said, D- how long did it take you to fill out that application? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, Way I to put it on you, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then she started laughing. She's like, no, nah, this is how we initiate the new people. Like, no, no. But she was laughing and she got guided me out of the out of the building. And it was wait, all so good. Wait, so she was still in the building. Was she like, no, she got she guided me couch or something. No, she guided me over the phone. Uh, okay. I gave her a call. Okay. Yeah. That's it's like uh, now you belong to us. We like you. You're never leaving. <laughs> this is a Hotel California. I was um, checking. <laughs> so wanting to be a mortician, like that's a very in- specific type of person. Like I tried to be an EMT. I went to some uh, semesters of it mm-hmm. and I realized like I can't get over my aversion to uh, blood. Mm-hmm. So what am I doing? I remember trying to like sit down and watch Dexter as I ate dinner. Um, like if I can get over all this like serial killer murder and bloodshed while I'm eating, then I can totally be an EMT. Not the case. So, did you ever like manage to get over the gore that you see, or have you always been a psychopath? Oh, uh, I don't know. It could be probably both. So, <laughs> like I remember the first time I saw some gory, so to speak, and it was on this website a long time ago called uh, Rotten.com. And on Rotten.com, they have, like, every gory thing you could possibly think of. They don't up, uh, update the site anymore. They haven't updated it in years. But you could still go on the website and check out everything that they have. But, you know, they have, they have everything from a... Yeah. They have everything from a guy getting uh, cut in a knife fight to a guy getting his hand caught in a meat grinder to, uh, like, a whole bunch of stuff. A terrorist getting shot in the head before he, he exploded his vest. All kinds of stuff. And, like... Uh, you know, you you know, you see doctor shows and everything like that, and like, oh, this is how the human body works. And then you look at books and stuff, but actually seeing it in person is like, wow, this is pretty cool. And it's like, and that's another thing I like about my job because you see something new every single day. And death, like, in in fact, it's not as ugly and scary as mo- movies portray it to be. Yeah. It's actually almost quite a beautiful thing to look at. Hmm. I think, uh, you know, and I'm I'm something of a I wouldn't say I'm a gorehound. I'm more interested in the way that, in a in a very clinical, interesting way, like interested in how the human body uh, operates, go- operates and, and goes through life and how it experiences death. I follow uh, I follow different uh, autopsy blogs and things like that where they show pictures mm-hmm. and they you know they 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 show different diagnosis and things like that it's it's interesting and uh you know it's it's gonna happen to everybody so i mean it's you know the ultimate peace yeah. <laughs> you know it sometimes people <laughs> look at it like it's a horrible thing but i think you know it's the ultimate peace and a lot of times death can bring gifts to the living more than not because in the form of knowledge in the form of uh prevention of things you know well you could it, find it gives out. life meaning like mm-hmm. if you didn't have death then life would you wouldn't cherish it, it as much you wouldn't cherish it as much mm-hmm. because we have death like inherently it gives life meaning mm-hmm. now a mortician uh, that that's just uh, uh prepping for 
uh, funeral services, correct? Correct. Uh, another word, if if you don't use mortician, is embalmer. Embalmer. Yeah. And uh, strictly all they do is uh, uh, prep the body for uh, burial or cremation. Because sometimes uh, I've seen where someone comes in and they want to be cremated. However, they still want to have like a open casket viewing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, we... Uh, at least, I'm sure all funeral homes offer it, but we've done it numerous times, like the, almost like on a weekly natural, basis. No, mm -hmm. no they'll one. they'll do like a mini prep on on the individual, you know, make them look nice and uh, presentable, and then they'll, um, you know, they'll have the viewing, and then they'll go cremate them later in the week or whenever the uh, the arrangements were. Yeah, I mean, you you are impeccably dressed. Oh, thank you. And you look great, and you sound great. When my mother died, <laughs> I have to tell this story. When my mother died, I, she died in California. And I couldn't really afford a lot. So I wasn't going to go out to California, have a funeral. I just needed her cremated and sent to me. And I didn't know what to do. So I asked the, um, you know, the local uh office you know the the uh, coroner's office i said once again we're talking about white people speak i said what is the most cost effective way to get my mother cremated and they said uh you got to call this funeral home it's rose funeral home so i call them and the guy picks up the phone now this guy he doesn't answer Rose funeral home. He doesn't answer with the name of anything. He just goes, hello, in a country voice, Bakersfield, California. Total hillbilly. Hello. Oh, so this, <laughs> this is definitely like the, the cheapest. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, is this Rose funeral home? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Yes, I'm in. Uh, I'm looking to get my mother uh, cremated. That's going to be five ninety nine. That's five nine nine. Six dollars. And I was like, I, I was like, what are you? I, I felt like he was selling me a car on TV. Like you can get this Dodge for five ninety nine. <laughs> like you know. Was, he, <laughs> I feel like this is like along the lines of someone saying, "This is Chuck's funeral home. You stab him, we slab him." Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was really like that. Like he, this guy at this point is killing me because I'm. I want to laugh. You know, like at this point, like <laughs> I'm like I don't know whether to laugh or cry or all of it. You know, it's just like not an i'm so sorry for your loss you know you're you, you kind of just go i'm sorry to hear about you. i'm sorry for your loss that'll be blah 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 mm -hmm. no none of that it's gonna be 5.99 that's 5.99 and i was like okay um i need to i i live in new mexico and i'm gonna need her ashes uh sent to me all right all right here's what i'm gonna do here's what i'm gonna do I'm going to get one of those flat rate boxes. And at this point, I'm ready to die. Like, I'm going to get one of these <laughs> it's, flat it's, rate boxes. I'm going to pour her into, some, into a cardboard box, tape up all the cracks, and hope for the best. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those flat rate boxes. Yeah. So he mailed her to me in a flat rate box. <laughs> <laughs> like a flat rate box from, from the post office? Yes. <laughs> 
So he he wasn't ta- saying five hundred ninety nine dollars. He was literally saying five dollars and ninety nine cents. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was very inexpensive. You know, six hundred dollars <laughs> isn't a lot to have a cremation done. Um, I don't know if they're lower now. Uh, I'm not sure what the pricing is. I'm not part. Uh, you're part not. Of that you're not. Procedure. You're not part of the sales. Part of that you're process. Like, you're no. like I'm. I'm. I'm the guy mm. who does it. I'm not the guy who sells it. No. But yeah, it was. It was uh, pretty inexpensive for the time. But it was just really funny. I think. I. You know. I feel like I went to to Burn Mart or something. You know, like. <laughs> Like cremate mart. <laughs> yeah, almost like a cheesy slogan, like Wheeler's Funeral Home. You wheel them in, we wheel them out. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, that's a new, that's a slogan for yours. Matt Good. Matt Wheeler. Matt Good. He's like, I've been, I've been thinking about that. I've been sitting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd, I'd like to hear uh, some stories from your adventures in Albuquerque with dead people. Oh, what, what all is right. like a very Albuquerquean story with your job? I'd <laughs> say one of the craziest ones is that, so to, no matter how much the person weighs, you always want to put the heaviest part of them on a one side of on a certain part of the gurney because it'll be easier to uh, put them into the van. However, um, I had a brain fart one time and I didn't do that. So when it came time to uh, wheeling him back into the van, I basically had to curl 300 pounds by myself into the van, and I only got half the gurney in there. And this was <laughs> this was at a hospital, and luckily these two guys that worked in an ambulance went outside for a smoke break, and they saw me, and they asked, hey, man, do you need some help? I'm like, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. So they come and uh, help me get the guy in the van, and without even thinking about it, I turn on and tell him, hey, man, th- thank you very much. You're a lifesaver. And then <laughs> with, w- without missing a beat, the guy turns around and says, hey, too bad I wasn't there sooner. Oh, <laughs> uh, we had a rim shot. Rim shot. That's perfect. Thank you. Boom, boom. So, uh, I just had a brain fart. I, I was gonna say, what's the what's the craziest situation you ever came into on the job? Like, like when they called you, you showed up and you're like, "This is nuts." Uh, like maybe I, hectic or I've seen. Not necessarily hectic, but like different situations from one end of the end of the spectrum to the other. I've seen, I've been, to, uh, I've gone out on calls where there's like every single member of the family and their mother there to, uh, you know, kind of. I guess it was sort of awake, so to speak. And then I've from that all the way to like someone that no member of the family was there, where it's just a person by themselves or just a really close friend. Mm. I've seen people act. Uh, Everywhere uh, from, you know, just crying uncontrollably and almost not listening to what you're saying when you're telling them what's going to happen, uh, all the way to them being more concerned about you hitting the walls of their house or their furniture with the gurney and, wow. like, talking like an auctioneer. And almost, and almost, <laughs> <laughs> and almost, like, being rude in, in so to speak, like this dead body's in my way. Like we, we like we'll always a- we'll always ask them if they want to keep the sheets that the individual is on, and she like we asked, and she said, it rolled her eyes too. Why do you need some? And like, no, we just always ask because some people like to, some families like to keep the sheets, some like for them to go away. Uh, we can wrap them in our own sheet. Ugh, do you need some help doing it? Like really rude. That but wow. Clearly a failed wow. marriage. It's, yeah. like, it's like I have nothing else to be mad at. This mm-hmm. is uh, 
This is everything I wanted. I just want this gone. People, yeah, people, uh, people grieve in bizarre ways. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, maybe it's grief. I mean, maybe that person's just like a chronic asshole. Yeah. I, I mean, like, grief will hits people in different ways. You know, different people in different ways. Sometimes it won't hit you immediately. It'll, it might hit you two weeks from then. It, it'll come in waves. It just, it just varies on the person and their mm. background and everything. So, um, you. You were not like sitting around in the office just waiting to get a call. Like you can go and do your own thing, and you were on call. Like right now, you were on call. Like right now, as we are speaking, I'm on call. So what's what's uh what's the most inopportune uh, time to get a call? Uh, things happen to you. Uh, while I'm on a date, actually, <laughs> <laughs> and this ha- has Naturally. happened more than once. So basically, what I love about my job is that you know. It's something that I've wanted to do. It's a job where I get to wear a suit. I've always wanted a job where I get to dress up real nice. But uh, one of the great things about it is that, you know, aside from helping families and everything, it gives me an excuse to get out of any situation. So, like, <laughs> I, I, could, I could be at a family function. Um, man, I don't want to be here anymore. Hey, man, work's calling me. I got to go. I could line up three dates on the same day and, like, go on date number one all right this is going good all right i'm gonna call her back later but oh man hey i gotta go if i'll tell him ahead of time that way you know i'm not just being rude i'll tell him ahead of time hey i'm gonna be on call wow but you know if i get a call i'm gonna have to go work okay that's fine no problem so we'll go on date number one everything's going smoothly but it's time for date number two i get in my car watch them get drive away in their car get out of my car go back in the same coffee shop for date number two date number two is going pretty bad shit will i never thought that there was a perfect solution to this like classic sitcom episode (laughs) but this is it and also will i mean you don't look like the kind of person who would date three women at the same time so to hear this is absolutely shocking to me (laughs) well you see this is this is killing me like will is will is uh is he, secretly he's gangsta. Very, like he's yeah. secretly at, at, very crisp, pimpin'. always dapper. At any given time, I have three to five people in my stable. <laughs> <laughs> These hoes. That's right. Wow. Life's short. You got to go out and get it. I, I guess. It's 2017, man. You can't be chivalrous like you were back in 1852 anymore. <laughs> These, says the I man mean, in the three-piece suit i'm, I'm not i'm not gonna lie i went on a speed dating thing one time right this was back at comic-con a was couple weeks like a ago secret speed dating thing or did they know that they were part no, of it oh, oh no, no it they, they knew it was part of it you know <laughs> so you know how comic-con happened a couple weeks ago yeah. oh i remember that so thing. they had like a sci-fi speed dating thing over there okay. and i was like i gotta throw my money down for this so you know you got three. <laughs> three. <laughs> you're fighting. You're fighting all the. You're fighting all the nerds for the for the cute nerd girls. Mm-hmm. So basically, you uh, everyone has a number on their chest. All the dudes are. You get three minutes to talk to someone. They say switch. You go to the next person, and then you start talking to them, so on and so forth. You write down if you like them. You write down their number on an index card. At the end of it, you uh, you get a piece of paper. You write your number down on it. Then you go to the other table. You uh, write down. You all. You find all the papers of the numbers that you liked. You write down your first name, your phone number, and then you go back to your table. You see how many phone numbers you collected at the end of it. I I got two numbers. You know they had more sessions, but I only, was only able to do one. You, I got two numbers, and honestly, I felt like I should have gotten a lot more <laughs> oh. because you know I know a lot of people are, always say don't you know don't toot your own horn, but why not? Who better knows the tune, right? 
I'm just saying. Oh. I'm just saying. I was wearing a custom tailored suit from the men's warehouse. Not clean, crisp, new haircut. I'm. I know I'm not a supermodel, but I'm at least an eight. All right. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think a lot of them forgot to write my number down on the index card, and a lot of people just don't know a good thing when they see it, man. They were just. They were just too stunned. They were blinded by the light to put your phone number down. I'm just you know, saying. So I'm curious if if you did this, like you have three minutes, you have probably like gotten a pitch. If I uh, down yeah. right, so like imagine, imagine, uh, we're here. Like like, what kind of hair color do you like? Red. Uh, I'm I'm not prejudiced, man. I like everyone. Okay, imagine okay. I have rainbow colored hair. Then, like, okay. give me the pitch. Uh, well, basically. So, I, so like, I don't stumble and give, like, a wrong story. Because, you know, you, you see stuff on movies where people go into bars and they lie. Like, I'm an astronaut. I'm a NASCAR driver. No, I use the same script on every single person so I don't fuck up. Hi, I'm Theodosia. <laughs> I'm Theodosia. I mean, I would just be, like, to the point, this is my top three fandoms. <laughs> I'll have me all, like... like, like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I like Dragon Ball Z still for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. List like, your top three fandom. Like, um, you open up, like, I stumbled on the first couple, because, you know, how do you get someone's interest in three minutes? And, like, I figured it out. you got to be as narcissistic as possible. So, show us. So, basically, you open up with a couple of, you know, easy in questions. Oh, I really like your costume. Did you make it yourself? Where's it from? Or, what'd you come to Comic-Con for? And then, like, oh, do you have any hobbies? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, what do you do? <laughs> oh and then... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember a lot of things that they say until like the oh, third no, I, date. I already guessed that. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, I, as long as I remember their first name, that's all that matters. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm just saying. All right. So they say, so what hobbies do you do? Well, now that I'm back in Albuquerque, I do stand comedy. Back in Albuquerque, where were you beforehand? Oh, I'm glad that you asked. Well, when I was stationed in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, while I was in the Navy, I was on a submarine, not to mention, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, used to take lessons in ballroom dancing. Oh, you know how to dance and tell jokes? That's awesome. Next. Talking about your submarine like you're yeah. talking about your dick. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was on a submarine. Oh, my God. I would I would seriously want to tear into you if you talked about your goddamn submarine <laughs> on a date with me. How dare you? How dare you? No, I really was on a submarine, though. I know. That doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. I know where Norfolk is. I used to live in Hampton, man. All you guys are in the Navy. Everybody's been on a damn submarine. That's why you can't use that line over in Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh. <laughs> I love Will, but I'm just saying... Our speed date would end up in a fight. <laughs> probably. Isn't that how most of them would end up with you, though? Yeah, probably. I I either really I want to have sex with you or I'm going to fight you. <laughs> There's like no middle ground. If you're just like some nice guy, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you either leave with my phone number uh, written in, in ink or, uh, or your hand stabbed with something. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's going to be ink in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> Something's gonna be dripping. <laughs> I'm gonna name that. That that's gonna be my fir the first uh, my first album title. Something's, Something's gonna, gonna be, be dripping. dripping. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go into uh, our news segment. Our news segment. Because we're at thirty-two. Oh. 
All right. Um, well, I, I do have a, I do have a quick question. We might cut this out. Um, but you, you were just talking about the speed dating things. So I'm curious, Will, what as a person who's seen like a lot of death, blood, mm. and everything, like what turns you on? Uh, honestly, at this point in my life, because you know, as much as I like having sex with people, I've had my sex. You know, but at this point, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, as long so as you get a bunch of numbers and then you just never call them. Oh, I do. You know, I, I, I've, I've had my sex. I'm. It's. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> no, not like I'm full. This pomegranate's empty. No, like it, it. It doesn't matter what race you are, how old you are, how tall you are, how short you are. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as you you look presentable and you're cool to hang out with. And you're not a, a bitch, honestly. Those are my three wickets. Okay. Mm. I, th- I feel like everybody... And, and you have a, uh, like, can have a sense of humor. Because I have, like, since I was in the Navy, I'd say a lot of crude jokes mm-hmm. often. So, and as long as you can realize when I'm kidding around, that's, we're, we're good, man. All right. All right. Ladies listening out there. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Will, clearly... Uh, Clearly confident ladies' man. Yeah. Looks like, dresses like a confident scientist at a dinner function. <laughs> An American version of 007. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. We're going to Google Albuquerque and check out the very first news store that comes up. I've right. just done that. And the most recent Albuquerque headline is... Police arrest man connected to Albuquerque gang. Ooh. Yes. So Albuquerque police have caught more members of a violent gang of young people wrecking havoc around the city. They were found near the Warren Sandia apartments. After a SWAT standoff, police arrested four people, including Christian Wood, who they believe is behind an armed robbery at a gas station and several stolen vehicles. Mm. This is a great plug for the city of Albuquerque, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Didn't yeah, they we, we got, ban the we, show Cops from coming here? Yeah, they did. Yeah. We, it, yeah. We, because it made Albuquerque look bad. Yeah. And they kept coming here so much. They actually returned here, I think, more than any other city. Mm-hmm. So Albuquerque's like, no, you yeah. can't yeah. keep coming back. You can't keep using us like this. When good old Mary, uh, Marty Chavez to- was back in office, told him you can't come in here anymore. <laughs> police say Wood is part of the gang connected to a police chase. A series of car and home break-ins, the shooting of one resident, the murder of a teen, and the killing of Moose the Great Dane in the East Mountains. I don't know what that is. That sounds like never, that sounds yeah. like a very popular dog, like that everybody <laughs> yeah. should know. Oh, remember Moose? Moose? <laughs> I remember his Saturday show. Every Saturday morning, I'd watch Moose the remember, Great Dane. Remember his freakish antlers? Oh gosh. Uh, that's the entire article. Uh, that's that's it. No videos, no interviews, nothing. No. Nope. You know what? Uh, it's not an Albuquerque story unless it leaves you with more questions than answers. Yeah, mm-hmm. Albuquerque is like lost in that way. <laughs> and then you'll die many years later wondering whatever happened. <laughs> Wait, was it all a dream? Were we dead the whole time? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's how Albuquerque works. What is this bullshit? non-committal ending you know it's albuquerque is not albuquerque unless you hear about no less than three murders on the news every day okay like there's some good stuff in albuquerque though right guys yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. what's yeah. like what is 
you you're a native here. So like, yes. what does Albuquerque mean to you? What's like a really positive, beautiful memory like from your childhood here? Basically, yeah. uh, I've always loved the scenery, and mm. there's always something to do. And like I've, it, this is what gets on my nerves a lot of time when people shit on Albuquerque or New Mexico in general. There, you know, there's there's nothing to do here. I'm gonna move out of this. It's the land of entrapment. No, there's shit to do every single day of the week. You just gotta find it because that is one of our downfalls. We don't advertise anything. Mm. Like I met a lot of people that didn't even know Comic Con was here, and that was a pretty big yeah. thing. And, you know, but, you know, everything from bi big stuff to little stuff, there's stuff to do. You know, if you're an outdoorsy person, I would, I would recommend going up on the tram uh, if you, or um, or like walking around, taking tours. Like oh, I've, There's I've, so many places to hike. When my father was here, he loved the hiking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the mountains are beautiful. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of tours in Albuquerque. Like if you're a movie fan, a TV fan of Breaking Bad, there's like two or three tours of Breaking Bad that go around Albuquerque. Um, there. If you're a paranormal fan, there's a couple tour, uh, ghost tours. There's one in Old Town which I've taken twice, which is awesome. I'd highly recommend it. Aren't there ghost hunting groups too? Yes. And so that's something you can join. I've seen like meetup groups for that, so you can make friends, go mm -hmm. hunt ghosts together. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you're into it. There's a, that actually kind of reminded me. I saw a thing the other day called RentAFriend.com can actually rent someone as a friend and to actually show you around the area if you wanted oh, to really yeah it's a real thing and you can actually put your like put yourself on there and you could charge people up to fifty dollars an hour and you can i don't know you can work so many hours you list what you can do you could teach them how to cook teach them how to dance what you're knowledgeable in and then you uh rent yourself out to people as a friend oh I could teach them how to drink four loco. Mm -hmm. Just sit in a bathtub. <laughs> sit in a bathtub. Yep. That is something you can do. And then, oh, and on the ghost tours, there's also one in uh, downtown. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I believe I have been on that one. No, Old Town. Old Town Old was Town. the one I went on. Yeah. It was fun. It was cool. Mm -hmm. Historically rich. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was great having you in here and talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been awesome, man. I had a really fun time. Cool. So before we end, is there anything that you would uh, like to plug that you're doing or anywhere that people can find you? Well, you're not going to find me unless I want to be found because I like to stay off the grid. However, I do perform stand-up comedy at, on Sunday at Bozy Brothers Brewery, which Tito actually hosts I every I Sunday. I do Back Alley every Monday. And Red Door Downtown every Wednesday. Awesome. Awesome. That's a great place to see Will. Yeah. It was great. Anything for you? Um, you know, I you can always find me on Twitter, at Angora. That's usually the best place to see anything that I'm doing for shows. I'll advertise there. Um, otherwise, you know, you can check the hospitals, <laughs> check the jails. Look at, uh, uh, you know, maybe check into PetSmart, look in the dog clothes aisles. I'm usually there. Buying something more for your dogs? Yeah. Well, I run a comedy open mic at Bozy Brothers Brewery on 6th and Gold every single Sunday at 8 o'clock uh, in downtown Albuquerque. It's fantastic. Also, plug, uh, Donald Glover of Community Fame. He also released a stand-up album called Weirdo. He's done several 
uh, rap albums is Childish Gambino. He just released a new album called Awaken My Love, which has him not rapping at all, just doing a bunch of weird, um, not weird, but great singing, um, going back to a very 70s sunk funk soul feel. Nice. Very, very cool. It's probably the greatest album I've ever heard. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So that's everything. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank yeah, you, Will. Thank you. For coming on. Thank you, and Will. And talking with us. Thank you, Anne, for thank you, being Tito. you. You, you. Finger guns. Finger uh, guns. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Shut up. <laughs> 